What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Media Entrepreneurs Podcast, teaching you how to become a full-time entrepreneur by leveraging modern social media strategies. I'm your host, Derek Fidel, and on today's episode, we are talking about how to reframe and reapproach your Instagram and social media marketing goals for the rest of the year. Now, the thing is, is we are actually just talking about your business goals in general, but if I don't name the episode something with Instagram and or social media marketing in the title, it doesn't do do nearly as well. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, we'll be talking about if you have like an Instagram follower goal that you had set at the beginning of the year or a revenue goal, whatever it may be, this is my favorite time of the year to consult your goals for the year. And for a lot of people, that's January because the sky's the limit. You got the entire year ahead of you. You have all this time. It's a new beginning, and you're going to change who you are starting January 1st. And you're ready to reapproach your goals. You know you've grown a lot from the year before. And I do love this time of year to be setting goals. But the thing is, there's not nearly as much fire under your ass as there is at this point of the year. And for that reason, it usually doesn't produce as much results as we can produce in the the back half of the year, partly because we don't have as much of a time constraint. And then also because now you have six more months of experience. And also you've been trying out whatever plan you had originally set out to do for the first six months. And now you can consult, did I have the right plan or not? And if not, should I adjust? And did I even set an appropriate goal in the first place? And a lot of people don't have this middle of the year reconsulting, like, is my current pace going to hit those goals? Did I set the right goals? Am I doing the right things? And this is where the true champions are made. The people who actually hit their yearly goals are the ones who are able to make the second half adjustments properly. So I'm going to give you an example of my situation because I just did this for my own business the other day, and I'm going to use it in a social media example, and then we'll uh, talk about some other ways that you might be doing this for you. So my goal at the beginning of this year was to get to 10,000 YouTube subscribers. And at the beginning of the year, I was probably between 1,500 and 1,700. I wish I knew the exact number. Maybe it's even like 1,300, 1,700. It doesn't matter. It's about the same thing, right? Now I'm at 2920, I believe, or uh, right around there. And the, the year is halfway done. So I'm not on pace to getting 10K. And the first thing you want to consult is, do I need to readjust my goal? Do I need to say, okay, based off of what I know now, this is not a goal that I can see a as obtainable. I don't know how I'd make adjustments to get there. Do I need to change it? In my opinion, I don't because it still isn't that big of a goal on the grand scheme of things. People have had much bigger accomplishments out there. People have grown on YouTube this quickly all the time. So the answer does exist. So I'm sticking to the original goal of 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year. But then you say, does my current strategy have a chance to get me there? even with just getting slowly better at it over time. So I've been doing one to two videos a week the entire year. I tried to do them on medium to high search volume topics in the social media marketing realm, and I try to keep it really niche specific. I try to do the Instagram ones as much as possible. I just did a round of doing 
Instagram hashtag video, Instagram algorithm, Instagram stories, Instagram reels, Instagram ads. I did all of those videos recently, like the main videos, and they still didn't give me that big boost. I've been doing YouTube shorts. Uh, I was turning all of my podcast interviews into about four to six shorts for each one and posting those, and that was doing well for a while. The YouTube shorts phase of there's just too much demand and not enough supply it seems to be more fair at this point. So before I would do a YouTube short at the beginning of the year, I'd get 1,300 views at the minimum. It was kind of funny. It was just like 1,300 views like clockwork on all of them. So I think it was just pushing out to a certain amount of people before it would call it quits on uh, continuing to share it or not. And now it's not nearly as guaranteed that you're going to get 1,000 views from every short that you post. So still an important opportunity, but I can see that between shorts, between slowly improving my thumbnails over time, getting better at keywords, and then just having the bigger subscriber base to post to, which should be an exponential growth because really all social media growth is exponential. And a lot of this is because think about when you're on, we'll stick with the YouTube example, you're on YouTube and you see a video that sounds like it's exactly what you want to learn about, but it came out seven months ago and it has 237 views. What are the chances that you click on that video? They're a lot smaller than if you see another video and maybe the thumbnail isn't as good or the title isn't as enticing. However, it has 18,000 views. There's something about just having the views already and the likes. Uh, Like if you're scrolling TikTok, if you see a video that has 1.2 million likes, that's a great hook in itself. It could be the most boring beginning of that video but you see it has 1.2 million likes you're like okay what's going to happen like why does it have so many likes and you already know that sticking around to the end is going to be in your favor so the view duration and all of this is exponential over time so I I could definitely make a case for even if I stayed on my current path maybe I'll hit some speed boost and still be able to get there but ultimately when I break down the goal what you want to do is say okay exactly how far away am I so I took 10,000 and I subtracted it from the amount of subscribers I had and I saw how many days I had left and I basically figured out that I'd have to be gaining over 30 subscribers a day to hit my goal by the end of the year. And right now I'm gaining between like 120 and 180 subscribers a month. So still far off from what I would need to be. So obviously something has to change. And innovation occurs out of necessity. And that's why it's necessary to do this process. Because I sat down and I said, okay, my current strategy I already know is not going to get me there. It's not like I'm going to just abandon this strategy, but I need to add some things on top of it if I'm going to hit this 10,000. So I always like to put it into this perspective because it makes you realize what is actually possible for you to do. I, I I'm kind of you know, blunt with, I just say gun to my head. Could I do it? Like someone was going to kill me if I couldn't get to 10,000 YouTube subscribers by the end of the year. Could I do it? Yes. I would find some kind of way. Okay. So that means I can do it without the gun. So how would I do it if I had to figure this out? So I got to thinking and I was like, okay, first off, I need to 
increase the amount of people who watch my video and turn them into more subscribers. I need to increase that conversion rate. So what if I ran some kind of giveaway where if I did hit 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year and at the beginning of every video, I just tied everyone in, hey, I'm trying to get to 10,000 subscribers by the end of the year and if I can hit it, I'm going to give away blank. So I've decided to give away a my 12-week Instagram and Facebook ads coaching program, as well as give you $500 credit to your ads. So I'm going to also pay for a large percentage of your ad campaign, if not the entire thing, if you just want to do that. So not only are you going to get access to my program, but I'm also going to pay to run your ad. So if I'm able to get to 10,000 YouTube subscribers by the end of the year, I'm actually telling you this now, uh, that is what we are doing. So my YouTube is linked in the description below and uh, I'll be drawing at the end of the year if we can get there. So that was one thing I said, all right, I'm going to do that and that that should get me more subscribers uh, converting, right? And then the second thing I said, okay, I need to do these video topics. And I, I won't get into the details, but I broke it down and I got really innovative and I got really excited because now all of a sudden I'm starting to believe my goal more. And motivation is a byproduct of how much you believe you putting in effort will achieve your goal. If you believed, I know if I put in a lot of effort, I'll have a higher probability chance to achieve my goal, but I still am not totally sure I'm going to hit it. I, I feel like I could just work all year and not even get there. And yeah, it doesn't feel like it's in your control. Then it's a lot harder to be truly motivated because if you believe your goal as a matter of choice to just say, I'm going to do this and this is the plan. And if I execute on this plan, I'm very confident it's going to work. Then that's where you're a lot more motivated because you feel like you have control of your destiny in a way. So I'll talk about that more in a second and how to break down the numbers so that you can conceive it like that better. But this is something that I would encourage a lot of you to do. When you set this goal, you might as well involve your audience in it. So if you set some kind of goal to get to a following number, sometimes revenue goals aren't the best thing to share with customers. But if there's some kind of performance-based goal that you can share that would get your audience tied in, it's not the worst idea to let them know about that. A lot of times people will want to be tied into something, um, especially when you can make it some kind of incentive where if you do hit the goal that you're going to do something, right? I've seen a lot of YouTubers say like, if I get you to a million subscribers by this date, I'm gonna donate this much money to this charity even. So it, it can be totally unrelated to uh, giving something away to them. Um, there's just so many different ways to do it. But incentivize what you want to happen is uh, the, the tip to take away from this. And when you're breaking down your goal and you say, okay, I'm halfway through the year and th this is what I have to do and I have to do this ridiculous pacing throughout the rest of the year, it's good to note that doing something you haven't done before is usually just a series of doing something you have done before consistently. So what I mean by that is how I broke down my goal to I need about 30 subscribers a day. That's not the current pacing I'm at. But have I ever gained 30 or more subscribers in a day before? I have. I have a few days where I've had a video do really well and I gained more than 30 subscribers in a day. 
So ultimately, the micro action is something I've done before. Doing it every day consistently, I haven't, but at least you can gain some belief of why this goal is actually possible for you when you put it into this framing. One time I was chasing after a Cutco goal, and I had to sell $225,000 worth of knives for the year, and I was at the... I don't even know if it was the halfway point. I think it was in October before I did the same exercise that I'm doing now. And the earlier you do it, as long as it's more than halfway uh, throughout the year, the better. I mean, it's probably not a bad idea to even do it like every quarter, but it was like October and I was like, I have four months left. I have to sell $30,000 a month to do this. And I haven't, I've never had a $30,000 a month goal before. So this is looking like it's out of reach. However, when I said, well, 30000 a month is about 7500 a week, and I have had an $11,000 week before, then that was easier to conceive it in my mind as, look, you've had an $11,000 week before. You do have to have $7,500 weeks on average, but you know that you've at least done more than this average before. And that just gives you more confidence in the control aspect that you have in your goal. And like I said, guys, the more that you can conceive this through reality, through your own reality, I'm not even playing any mental tricks. I'm just saying like, let me expose myself to parts of my reality that have already proven true that will increase my genuine belief that I I can go out and hit this goal. And it's more of a matter of putting in the work. So let me just look at how many appointments that I do in that week that I sold 11,000. And then let me try to copy that. And now you're you're getting somewhere. And that's why this it's so important to reconsult whatever goals you have. And sometimes you were maybe even chasing after the wrong number to start with. And it's totally fine to, if I wanted to switch this YouTube subscriber goal to saying, you know what, the, the subscriber goal doesn't matter. Let's chase our after a views goal, or let's look at my Instagram following or a, a totally different metric. Let's look at how many booked calls can I get or how many new clients can I sign? And maybe my goal is just, I need 40 new clients by the end of the year. And that's the number that I focus on. And how you choose which number you should focus on is again whichever number gives you the most did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear how can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients can we be healed with sound sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives in the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Illusion? <laughs> um, no, perception. Most perception of control over hitting them. For example... In Cutco, when we would do cold calling, you could sit there and you could say, all right, I'm going to cold call for two hours. Or you could say, I'm going to phone a uh, hundred, I'm going to do a hundred phone calls and then I'm done. Or you could say, once I've scheduled 10 appointments, I will get off the phone. So obviously the main goal is the amount of appointments you get, right? If you did a two-hour phone jam and got zero, that's not nearly as effective as doing a 20-minute phone jam where you booked 10. So 
the number that is the actual result that you are looking to get is going to be the best way to set your goals as you grow as a, a business owner over time. Part of that reason is because if you are a, a veteran at cold calling, you already have an idea of it takes about this many phone calls. It takes about this many hours for me to do that. But yeah, I'm not getting off the phone until I get 10 appointments scheduled. And as soon as I get them done, I get to leave. Like, so I am going to phone as fast as I can. The reason why new reps didn't do very well with setting their goals around something like that is because they have no idea how to even handle most of the objections they get on the phone yet. They are kind of dry on leads as it is, and it's not a number that they feel like they have a lot of control over. And for that reason, it doesn't become a motivating goal. And a goal has two purposes. One is to motivate you, and the second is to give you direction. And unless it accomplishes both things, it actually doesn't help you. So when you set that goal to, I'm going to phone until I get 10 appointments, and I know that this is just a matter of me choosing to say that, then you know that you have the control over it, and it gives you obvious direction, so it's a great goal. If you were to set that as a new rep and you don't feel like you have control over like even getting 10 appointments, even with a gun to your head that night, then that's when you don't feel like the, the goal motivates you and the goal stresses you out. So I really bring this to light here because I think a lot of you, when you do your goal setting for the year, it kind of stresses you out. And that's not the goal of it. It really is to inspire you and then give you that direction. Uh, and unless it does both, then it's not always the best goal. So for those new reps, it's a lot better for them to just say, I'm going to make this many phone calls because I know that I have 40 leads here and I'm going to say, I'm going to make 40 calls. I'm going to call every one of my leads. That's what I can set a goal around. And that's what's motivating for me. And that's what makes me feel like, okay, let's knock this out as soon as I can so that I can get home. So break down your goals into the numbers that you feel are conceivable. And the more you level yourself up, as a business owner and get a feel for this is my closing ratio. This is about how many uh, of these actions I have to take in order to get this this many results. Like once you can quantify your business more, then it will be easier for you to set the bottom line objectives, right? Like a profit goal, even a revenue, not just a revenue goal that which would be one step back, and then going back from there, maybe you you boil it down to how many uh, a sales appointments you scheduled. Maybe you base the entire goal for the rest of the year around just, I have to set this many sales appointments. And you want to make sure that whatever goal you are setting to be your North Star metric makes the rest of your actions all fall into place. So the last thing I'll say here is when you're setting this goal for the end of the year is don't try to set a bunch of different goals. If anything, I would say setting three goals is the best idea. And that would be in the three major areas of life. This would be like the maximum amount of goals I'd, I'd say. Business and relationships and uh, health and wealth, right? So like fitness or whatever. If you want to set some kind of fitness goal, a singular fitness goal, maybe you say, I want to bench this amount or I want to be able to run a 5K in less than 20 minutes, some kind of quantifiable goal. Let's say that I say I want to run a 5K in less than 20 minutes. 
now I know how much I have to go to the gym. I know what my diet has to be. I know what my training regimen has to be. If there's one goal that makes the rest of your actions all boil down correctly, then that's a great idea. And I won't say it's a, a bad idea to say like, and I want a six pack or like maybe a couple other goals, right? So, but a lot of times it can just be boiled down to one goal that uh, everything kind of, everything that you're looking to do is ultimately going to be a product uh, of, of achieving that North Star metric. Because if, if you can just be looking at one number for the rest of the year, it, it really just helps you obsess over this one number in the right way and all of your actions play out well. Uh, in relationships, then, you know, that that's less quantifiable and there's so many different uh situations out there and maybe this is something that you don't even set a goal for because you're just focused on the other areas of life so you don't really need to set one and then in business if you can set some kind of revenue goal then this will ultimately make the rest of your actions be all geared towards like what actually matters and if you set maybe this this big revenue goal where you have to do double the amount of sales for the back half of the year that you did for the first half of the year what this is going to do is it's really going to bring to light some of the activities that you may have been doing that were not worth your time, that every time that you did these, even though, though they were producing some level of growth for you, that speed of growth would never match up to hitting your goals for the rest of the year. So that's why it's just so important to always have some kind of metric you're chasing. And it's so much more fun to play entrepreneurship this way and have a very strategic, well thought out goal that you are actively pursuing. Otherwise, every day, you can kind of just Take it off, I guess. You can just do a little bit of things. You don't have to do your whole to-do list. There's still tomorrow, and you got enough money to pay rent, so you're good. It's very easy to, once you have your basic needs covered in entrepreneurship and you're moving in a positive direction of any sort or at any rate, it's very easy to give yourself the day off. And unless you have these goals that are really in line with the person that you're looking to become and the business owner that you're looking to become, then those those lazy days start to add up. And all of a sudden, it's July 16th or July 17th will be the day that I release this podcast. And the year is more than halfway done. And you're not more than halfway to your goals. So the adjustments need to happen now. You can't adjust usually in like... November, if you're off track, you usually have already gone too far off track from an annual goal to do anything in, in November. And the example I gave before making adjustments in October hardly ever works too. I was lucky enough to be barely in reach. And by the way, I sold $226,352 that year and I needed to sell $225,000. So I did hit the goal in the end, but barely. And it's like, wow. There are about 20 appointments throughout the year that if that single appointment didn't happen, I wouldn't have hit my goal. Usually when you get to the end of the year and you miss your goal barely, you'll be able to boil it down to your decision making even in the over the course of an hour or two. Maybe you chose just not to work some week and you said, you know what, I'm going to take that weekend off. And if you did work that weekend, you would hit it. If you didn't, and yeah, the the inverse. <laughs> I can't remember what I said. Um, like it, it just literally came down to one decision. Like a lot of times you can look at your yearly goal and then look back and say, I could have hit it from this one decision being different. 
And, and that's why it's so important to stay focused and to value every single day of your year because it really can come down to the wire like that. So champions are made in the, the second half adjustments and whether you hit your annual goal or not is going to come down to what you do now. So get out there, crush it. And like I said, at the end of the year, if I hit 10,000 subscribers by December 31st, 11.59 p.m., I will be choosing one of you to win my 12-week Done With You paid ad program, as well as give you $500 worth of ad credit to apply to the ads. I'll even pay for the ads for you. So go subscribe in the description, and I will talk to you soon.